Episode 26 of the Coys R Us podcast. The whole gang is here. Joel, Kim, Ben, Jesse. It's a new year. Uh, so happy new year to you and yours. For those of you that are tuning into this episode, um, unfortunately, we're going to have to talk about Spurs. It feels like... Uh, we were just talking about this before we started recording. Like it feels like the fan base is in a little bit of a panic. So um, I do want to talk about kind of where we are right now, obviously talk about the last two matches since the return from the world cup break. Um, before we get into to the doom and gloom, how was everyone's holiday? Have a good break. Enjoy family. What did you guys get into? Well, I'll start with the little doom and gloom. Unfortunately, one of my cousins passed away about a week or so before Christmas. Um, so I had yeah, headed down to Atlanta for that. Um, you know, uh, RIP to my cousin DeBron. Um, but the holidays were, it was good to see family, obviously. And then coming back to New York, I spent a lot of time with my grandmother, my aunt and my niece. And so that like, sort of like perked up so that like the Christmas and New Year's was actually nice and we cooked a lot and just like hung out um and I've been off since probably about the 19th so that's also helpful well condolences to you and your family um and definitely like the break has been so nice I go back to work tomorrow and I'm just like I don't know how this week is gonna go because I've gotten like used to not working now (laughs) it's been like a week and a half so yeah yeah, I gave yeah. myself until Thursday. I have to go back on Thursday, so I still oh, have some time. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm with you, Joel. I have to go back to work tomorrow, and it's uh, not looking forward to it. <clears throat> but it's been uh, it's been pretty low key with the whole winter chill that dropped in right around Christmas time. Where, and I know that was pretty most of the country that got that, but it was it was pretty rough in Chicago. And we were going to go visit some family in Madison, Wisconsin. But they had even colder weather. So I think it was like real field minus 40 to 50 or something up there. Good. We decided, yeah, it didn't seem that worth doing. Uh, we'll just, you know, rain check it for some time in January where it's going to be warmer, which is a pretty ridiculous thing to say, but seems to be Did true. you say minus year. 40? Yeah, real field. Where is this? This is in Wisconsin. I mean, in Chicago, it's minus 30 real field during Christmas. I thought this it was year? cold. In- yeah. Wasn't it like that? I thought it was like that. In that DC was too. like, you know, it was like. Ours was bad. It yeah. was pretty cold. And I think if, it got down think, to like seven or eight degrees here. In yeah, DC. I'm like, if it's seven or eight degrees here, just imagine what it's like on the lake. So, yeah, that lake effect. Yeah. Is yeah. yeah our, ours got down to like minus seven or minus 10 or something like actual temperature. And then like to the real feel because of the wind and the chill, That's I guess. Insane. Yeah, not not too fun. That happens every few years here. It seems like every like three to five years we get some spell in the winter. We get down to those really really low wind chills. But that's when you really feel bad for people in Minnesota and Wisconsin. Yeah, I'd like to shout out the NBA schedule makers because it was also very <laughs> cold in Memphis. But um, uh, my daughter and I joined my wife on a Grizzlies West Coast trip, so we were in Phoenix and San Francisco, where it was like fifty five nice. for the low, that's great timing. and sixty five for the scheduling. high. Pretty temperate, yeah, for sure. Where it was like our dog sitter was uh, 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 come to the house and was just like, I'm dripping all the faucets. It's negative 15 real feel outside. So um, that was nice for us. Um, trip was good. Basketball wasn't uh, as good, but um, it was uh, it was it was a good first uh, Christmas, quote unquote, in Memphis because we weren't actually in Memphis, but holiday season so far for us uh, down here. But. And then 2023 started and the Dolphins lost their fifth straight and Spurs can't win. So right back into uh, new year, same old sports teams for me. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we might as well get into it. We we come back from the break on Boxing Day. You can uh, tell actually by how long we, our intro was there that we really don't want to talk Spurs. <laughs> no, we definitely don't. Um, but, you know, this could be a nice catharsis uh which it tends to be when we when we're in poor form so i'm hoping that i'll be able to at least get something out of it and hopefully the listeners will get something out of our catharsis as well um yeah i mean i feel like when they came back away at brentford boxing day 
you know, going down two goals and then coming and pulling two goals back, it felt like, oh, okay, six weeks of World Cup and we're coming back and we're the exact same team. Nothing has changed at all, despite all the time that Conte had with the players. It's basically like mid-season, preseason that they got. Um, granted, we had a lot of guys out for the World Cup break, but it would have been nice to see something different. But they look the exact same team. And then on New Year's Day, we didn't even bother to come back. We we couldn't find a goal um, from anywhere. The offense was really bad. And it, yeah, it it feels as bad as it's been. I think now looking at the last nine or ten games, I think we've only won about three. Um, yeah, it's three of ten. I was looking it up for my Jesse's reasons for pessimism uh, new segment later. It's three of ten oh, yeah. well, in all competitions. You picked the right time to to, to shine that one off because <laughs> there's plenty of reasons to be pessimistic right now. I mean, I don't I don't even know where to start because I feel like everybody's kind of in panic mode now. Um, there's the Conte in, there's the Conte out, there's the this is all Levy's fault. There's the you know we could switch managers, but nothing's going to change, um, and it kind of feels like we realized that our ceiling maybe isn't as high as we thought it was going to be at the beginning of the year. I don't know. I I guess I'm just curious to know, like, what are your thoughts, not only from the last two matches, but just thinking about what to expect from this season and then like what to expect from the future of this, this club. Yeah, it's it's I mean, we talked about this in the in the fall <clears throat> where we were not playing well. Obviously, we we're much very much a team of two halves and it just didn't seem sustainable. And it looks like that chicken might have come home to roost. Uh, yeah, we were hoping true. that the we were hoping the performances would improve by that time that we got back from, um, you know, the World Cup that we would actually be able to play a full 90 minutes. Uh, early returns don't look good for that. The Brentford one actually looked like a carbon copy of what was happening in the fall, where maybe we got a little lucky to draw, but we also could have pretty easily walked away with a win there. Um, Villa though was was not that at all. Uh, we that was one one of the um, one of the few matches where we played better in the first half than in the second half, but we didn't have anything to show for it, and it wasn't much better in the first half anyway. We just at least we had some chances and more possession, um, but yeah, it's it seems like, and it's not the first, like said, right? Like that Brentford game is not not Brentford, but rather Villa. Like we played like that against Nottingham Forest in the cup match, uh, despite us playing a lot of our starters. We played like that against Man United, so it isn't like this performance is coming out of nowhere. We've looked like this before um against right. better and worse competition i wonder and as far as can't... well i was gonna say as far as on the fan base it really feels like um like i said that a lot of people were kind of just keeping their fingers crossed just hoping to limp along to the world cup come back and we were going to be the real spurs that we expected to see right. at the end of last year and i just feel like it could very very quickly everybody turn on content we, we you said enoch I, like i think that's already been a slow burning thing for a long time <clears throat> just because it, they've had, you know, so long without a, a real strong investment in the team compared to some other top, you know, top six teams, at least. Uh, but I, I really feel like the Conte out talk could really get going very, very, very quickly here with because look at our schedule coming up too. these were these were supposed to be the easier games. Basically, when we got back, we have Palace and then I think we have Arsenal and City back to back coming. Yeah, up. It's, I looked it up because so, the three wins in the last 10, the next 10 are Palace uh, at Palace. Portsmouth in the in the cup, and then Arsenal at City at Fulham, Leicester at AC Milan, West Ham, Chelsea at Wolves. Um, so the first couple are the the you know in theory easiest of that stretch, but that's a tough stretch. Even Fulham's going to be a derby. You got three derbies, four derbies in the next ten games. So um, it's going to be interesting. I think yeah, the slow burn every once in a while gets a little gasoline thrown on it, and I think. The first one, it was like, okay, same old Spurs, but they still had that same fire and attack against Brentford that you see that they, they, they turn around and honestly probably should have won that game, um, uh, you know, or had the chance uh, with Kane off the, the poster to win that game. But the the Villa effort was one of the worst general, like, 
deserved to be even at the half, I think, but just wasn't really like not a whole lot going. I've started to lose count between Dyer and Larice on how many terrible individual errors we've had that have led to, to goals either directly in the case of Larice in this one or the awful Dyer clearance against Brentford that led to the to the other one. Yeah, Kimmy's putting up a five. I saw five. I don't know what that's statistician just watching all the games because I feel like I can think of five myself or what actually counts as a individual error that have that have led to goals. Like I don't know what all that how that stats calculated, but it's felt like more than that because I feel like Dyer's had two or three and Hugo's had two or three themselves. Um but maybe that's it. Maybe it's five, but I think I saw that the the stat that Kimmy is is uh was miming to me was was also like two or three higher than anybody else. So uh yeah you know the Conte in Conte out stuff I'm still Conte in. I mean we got a we bought a we 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 hired a a really good race car driver. We need to get him a good car. Um, you know, a lot of the parts in this on this Spurs car are old. We need, you know, new engines. Well, that's actually the we next thing I was gonna like, ask about, right? Cause like But one thing I, I do wanna just go back on is like I feel one point I want to make before we move on to like transfers or who we would like to come in and who we want to leave is we didn't have cool to me it feels like no Kulosevsky, no party. I it kind of feels like where our team is right now. We don't have a lot create a lot of creativity outside of him and when you don't have him you really really notice it and he was very important he was basically all the um all the matches that we played in the break he was playing in all of them he played in our first match and then got hurt again so it just seems like whatever continuity he was building with Doherty yeah Brian Hill just didn't have that and it kind of feels like we rely on him to do a lot. And in his absence, we then rely on Parasage to do a lot. And it that to me is the most unsustainable thing about this team is that we rely on two people to be creative and that's it. And we cannot have that in a team of 11 players. That's just the bottom line, in my opinion. So yep. we need to improve our creativity. We also need to be more defensively sound. And as you see, we've, we've let in like two goals per game for like the last nine or 10. And that's, that to me is where Conte needs to be looking at himself and, and not pointing fingers because it's his job to organize the team. And yeah, I understand like one goal here and there, but if your team is like consistently leaking two goals, then maybe you need to focus more on being defensively sound again, and then truly building from there. And I think that's where we need to go, but we also need to put some more creativity in the team. So you talk about not having a lot of creative players, which is obvious, especially when Kulisovsky doesn't play. Um, but then also, you know, like Jesse was mentioning earlier about the whole people might be turning on Conte soon. And I do wonder how much of the performances that we've seen today really do come down to like him not really doing a great job with the pieces that we have. Granted, we do obviously have a lot of issues with our roster. We have issues at right wing back. We have issues with creative players and we have issues in the back. But we've seen teams like Brentford and Brighton go out there and play hard. They have a effort. They have a clear plan when they're playing. And surely our team is not Man City's, but we have still like a better roster than majority of the Premier League. So I don't know if it's really a good excuse to just be like, oh, these players aren't good enough when we're seeing other coaches do more with lesser players. Like, at what point do we actually look at Conte and say, like, bro, you have to coach the players you have. Granted, we don't have a great team, but we have players. <laughs> like, it's I feel like whenever we lose, it's always turns into like, oh, all of our players are awful. But I just don't know that I buy that. Yeah, I mean the 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 driver analogy, the race car driver analogy I was using earlier is still if I have a 2014 Dodge Dart, if we hired uh you know Will uh Will Power IndyCar driver to to drive it, he's going to freaking he better beat me and he and he better right. beat all of my neighbors in even better cars like my neighbor across the street has a Porsche, he he better at least around the neighborhood be close on that and like we're not losing to okay managers in Porsches, we're losing to freaking 94 Honda Civics on some of these teams like that's the stuff that I'm like okay Conte you can complain and, and wanting all your guys and all the parts that you need to run the operation but I'm not saying Conte's blameless he's still got to get do a better job against like we should still be 
still finding a way to beat Villas and, and, and Brentford's and these other teams that, that we're losing to the, the three wins in 10. It's not as if we had a murderer's row of, of competition. We've played some top teams in there. We've also lost to some teams that not that we just need to roll the ball out and we should beat it, soccer's obviously has some, some more luck and things like that, 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 you know, um, generating chances and all that, but we need to be better than, than we are. And that, that a lot of that stuff is, is still, um, you know, on, on Conte, but there's, there's, it's becoming more and more clear. Some of these guys are just need to be upgraded as much yeah. as we what, like what, what, I would say is, about the Villa game specifically is Una Emery has a plan all the time. Like that's the one thing I'll say about him. Anytime he puts his team out there, they have a plan of action and their plan of action was just to nullify us. So they would put a lot of guys behind the ball and made it hard. And then again, when our team doesn't have creativity, they can't break down anybody with any regularity. And that to me against Villa specifically was the problem. Cause if you score a couple goals in the first half where you had the chances, you don't really think about like, we don't get to the point where their one goal is like the end of the world. Them scoring two is the end of the world, but we don't, we don't start well enough to allow ourselves the opportunity to get back into the game. If we do lose it, like it's, it's kind of like, you get behind two goals. The way I look at this team now is I'm not sure they're going to come back. Yeah, they can. They might be able to pull a draw like they did against Brentford, but they, they're they just not giving me the confidence that I would love to see from them. Yeah. One of the things that so concerns me. What does that come was, down to, though? Is that just these well, players? One thing that shit? concerns me about Conte, though, is, is he his – he doesn't seem like he's taking much responsibility in this. And he's not as right. toxic as, yeah. as Mourinho, but yeah. like his comments after the Villa game are mystifying, like where he's, he's happy with the, he said that they play well. It's basically like we, he thought we got beat by bad luck completely. Or, you know, I, I don't even know what, what to think based on those comments, but he just seems like he, he really, he's been doing this since he came in, but he kind of distances himself from the club whenever he's not happy the way things are going. Like even with his language, it's almost like a they versus we type thing, you know. Um, but I, I think I think that a lot of the responsibility does lie at his feet. Uh, is in, in the end, it has to. Who else is it going to be? Like you could like uh, to, to Jesse's analogy there. I can understand him complaining that we don't have the best players when we're finishing fifth, sixth, not looking you know great against the big teams. But the fact that we can't even manage consistency against mid-table teams, I don't see how you can have anybody else to blame except for the coach at that point. And he obviously doesn't have some of the other aspects that you would want of a manager, like in terms of like uh, uh, of working with the the younger. Uh, players to to make them better he needs apparently he needs them to come in and be a finished product and still has something else then left to blame when that doesn't work and I mean we haven't gotten him the best players available but we've done everything we, we, that he's asked so far and I guess we're going to continue to do so in January I feel like the timing of this is a little <clears throat> a little unlucky probably for us and that we're about to have to invest a bunch of money into players for a manager that is very quickly could become, uh, you know, persona non grata for. Well, a lot that's of the thing, right? Fans, if know. if if they if they say, "Hey, Conte, you're not committing to us, and so we're not going to commit ninety million pounds to a system that we don't know that we're going to be running in a year's time," then it's oh, the club's them. not yeah. ambitious enough. They never spend. Da 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 da. Right. And Conte will also have the out of, hey, they didn't spend any money, so my hands were tied. But to your point, if they go and do the other thing and he still doesn't commit and he decides to walk this summer, then it's a bunch of money basically flushed down the toilet. Or you're going to have to find another coach that runs the same system, which is also then or just tying players. your hands. So it's like... Well, you're, well, the hope, though, I guess... Uh, I guess the one hope is that they've been kind of doing a hybrid of the of, of of trying to make him happy and play a little bit for the future, which I think is probably a lot of the problem. Actually, is they want to get young players that are still not too expensive, but that are already at least in his mind viewed as more of the finished product. Cool. Who doesn't want that though? That's the exactly. problem. That's what, this yeah. isn't like we're not talking about. We want old guys on high wages. We want young people that aren't that expensive yet and have already proved they're Conte good. Conte wants old guys. Everybody on high wages, wants though. That's what he wants. Yeah, Conte that's wants right. Old guys on high wages. That's the problem. And so, and he said as much. Spurs are trying to thread that needle, basically. 
to to not get a bunch of Ivan Perisic's, you know, like I mean, great player, but just not at all long a long term outlook type player. And and he was on a free. I don't think they would have paid thirty million for him, you know, or I don't know how much he would have been worth. But the, if they can thread that needle again in January, then maybe we get a few more months of Conte to see how this works out. Maybe he walks. Maybe Spurs fans get tired and they sack him. Uh, who knows? But I I think the worst thing would be is to invest too heavily in in Conte specific players right now. I just think that's that sounds like a bad idea in terms of um, and we and we know that Levy's not going to do that anyway. Yeah, because he I, already I doesn't want to spend money. So, well, what happened to the whole war chest we got over the summer though? Again, they still never really spent any of that. You're right. <laughs> why, why is it I get talked about by anybody? And and just from a being you know I've mentioned this in the. Bef- pod before you guys know like I've, I've worked in the sports industry sports business my whole entire life not ever for a, a team at this level but like I always am thinking through like why and how teams say things or leak things or announce things like that's one of the most bizarre things of all time that they came out and said it didn't leak they came out with a release that were like we have a war chest they didn't say war chest but they said whatever 150 million like that wasn't a leak story or even a purposeful leak story to Fab or Ali Gold or whoever. Like they came out and said that themselves. And then, like we just talked about, spent some money this summer, but didn't spend a crazy amount. Just a weird thing. Like just have the money and then roll up and then spend it. Like don't show up to the club flashing a bunch of dollars and then put it all in your pocket. <laughs> that like that was for Conte. That that whole I honestly, I mean, you think it's an elaborate act with a, an audience of one? A lot of what this club has done in the past two years is just to appease Conte, and they will continue to appease Conte until they feel like it's not worth it anymore. So I think that's what we come down to. When the club decides it's not worth it anymore, they might sack him. But well, the until question then, now, though, I think the question is how close are we at that point? I just feel like I we're really close. So like, I don't I, think we're. I don't think we're at that point yet because we're still in fifth. Like. We haven't sunk down the table too much. But that's the thing. If you don't spend the money this month, then you are basically saying, well, we're not willing to invest in your your vision. I do think they probably do buy like two to three players like they did last January. And that put a battery in the back of the team like it did. So I I think they're going to do. Yeah, but you're also similar things. It, because, but then you're you're relying, you're banking on being able to get another Kulisevsky yeah, and Bentancur on the cheap. And I've that. never seen us have a January that successful ever. I, I can't remember. That's a bad bet. January that, yeah, that that, that I'm was. Not just saying not really like I'm it. not saying it's a great bet, but I can see. But that's, that's the thing. That's the thing. If we bring in three players, three players to try to make a difference, they're gonna be like nine million each or something like that. Like they're not gonna be. <laughs> no, no, no. I hear they're in talks to sign some right back from. Uh... Porto or Porto, Porto, Sporting, 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 Sporting. sporting. The Pedro Porto guy. Yeah, Yeah. that one seems to be getting. uh, Maybe I I heard that deal was was had hit a hit a um snag. It always hits a snag, but I think you know because it's Levy, baby. Right, like we we've got to figure. It's never gonna be like Chelsea. Oh, we like this player. Let's buy him. (laughs) Like no, we never do that. No, the one thing that 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 not that I'm expecting us to sign two or three guys and then come in and fold into the team as well as um, Rodrigo and, and, uh, and Decky did last year. Cause that's just, you know, expecting craziness. Uh, I mean, again, like even across, across the league, like it's January signings usually aren't that impactful. I mean, um, what's his name? Diaz at Liverpool. And, and, and then, and us were like, that was, that was, that was groundbreaking that those guys folded in so well, but like no one here was excited. If we had been recording this pod a year ago, none of us were like, oh, let's go get these Juve rejects, baby. They're going to save our season. So obviously Paratici knows a lot more about this stuff than we do. We've seen him uh, move in, in uh, like a move in silence, like a G and lasagna um, shout out Lil Wayne. So maybe he's got something cooked up that we're that we're there, we're going to sign a couple of freaking dudes from Torino, not not even Juve, like Torino, the 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 B squad in the in Turin. But like I don't know, maybe there's something else that that's gonna that's gonna happen. But I, I'm a little bit kind of almost like, how come we haven't had much links besides the occasional oh Spurs interested in McKinney 
um, who we don't need. And then, you know, this Pedro Porro felt like, but that's all I've really heard. It's, it's almost like it's too quiet on the Western front, um, you know, of, of late. So uh, like yeah. this, these next 10 matches are going to be going to be huge. I think four of these are in January. So we'll kind of find out who we are. Um, what I would we're say the next, the I would say the next three matches, honestly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <clears throat> I can um, see us. I mean, I, I, it, it, it could like, fall apart before before we get to ten. Yeah, what if we um, only get three points or fewer out of the next three Premier League games, which is not that unrealistic right now? <clears throat> Just look at the schedule and the way we've been playing. We need Jesse to come in with some kind of optimism for us here. Well, but City, we is, always we always win versus City. We'll get one of those. <laughs> um, obviously, watch us so. get three draws. We'll get our three points with three draws. Yeah, we'll. Uh, I mean, we yeah, we have City twice the next six games, I think. So we'll catch we'll catch one of well, those. Well, naturally, when they're trying to catch up with Arsenal for the league title, well, that would be the that would be uh, the season the perfect season for us to, of course, beat City <laughs> to help Arsenal widen the gap even more. That would be perfect Spurs. I mean, there is a bit of you, you see this sometimes. Uh, we've seen it. I think a few of us in the pod are Knicks fans. We've seen it with the Knicks before as well, where like. Even Spurs' worst season uh, was Conference League a couple years ago, right? Seventh of this of this most recent decade, uh, you know, or, or last decade or so of, of Spurs. And so having that full-on, not bottom out where you're getting relegated, but that full-on like, hey, we stink, we need an overhaul, hasn't happened to Spurs in the same way the Knicks haven't gotten that, you know, top pick and haven't been able to rebuild that way. It's different in soccer, but like, when Chelsea finished 10th and didn't um, and fired um, Conte Mourinho, I think it was Conte. no fired Mourinho, hired Conte. I well, think they did and the then same they thing with Conte two years later. Yeah, they, they didn't they have, right, but they didn't have to worry about uh, European football. And we're able to run through the league the year we were chasing them. Um, when, uh, you know, when uh, Liverpool was seventh or eighth and then they hired Klopp, like we hadn't had that really fall off the map come to Jesus meeting that we have to like, really like, Hey, we're not close. Like we were, we were, we're not even Europe. And also like Arsenal last year, like obviously they're still in Europa, but it's not the same pressures. We know that as, as playing champions league. So that's a little bit of an easier thing. So it's almost like it almost would have been better for the club if we had really fallen off one of the last several years. So we, we could have realized, Hey, we have to do, we have to do something different than we've been doing rather than just tweak, 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 which is what we've been doing, acting like we're a little bit better than we are. Well, I think even last season was kind of a sign of that. It was indicative of that once we got eliminated from Europa, Europa Conference League um, from that game that got canceled from COVID. That was kind of when our season opened up a little bit, right? Like we had one game a week. Um, at that point, when when Conte came in, I think we were seventh in the league or something like that. We ended up finishing fourth. Um, and I think a lot of that did have to do with the fact that we didn't have European football and only had to worry about, you know, playing once a week. We're now in a spot where, you know, we talk about the the manager appointments and kind of like the direction of the team. It it feels like after we lost in Champions League, um, we were still a little bit in denial and and obviously had gone the past two windows without buying anyone. So we had been kind of stubborn from the front office perspective of just like, oh, yeah, this team's good enough and let's just roll them back out there. Not understanding that that's not how you maintain a team. You have to keep continue to refresh. Some of that, I think, is also just naivete from the fact that we've never had a winning team before. So we don't know what it means to maintain one, uh, but also just partially because I don't think that was a priority for, for Levy and, and the guys upstairs. Um, but I say all that to say the end of that Pochettino era kind of ended because we didn't really know what we wanted to do in terms of, did we want to just continue to stick with the same guys that we've had for the past seven or eight years? Or do we want to actually start to refresh these? Pochettino kept asking for refreshment and they never came. Then he left, and then it was like, oh, let's bring in this guy who's a winner in Jose Mourinho, but also is a very strict and rigid person in terms of what he needs out of a club. Fast forward to now, and we're dealing with the same thing. The fact of the matter, and I think Ali Gold was making this point in one of his videos, but it's like, if you're going to commit to the guy that 
knows how to win a specific type of way, and that's the coach that you want for the next however long, then you have to give him the team that lets him be the coach that you hired. We didn't do it for Mourinho. Yeah. We're not doing it now for Conte. So it's like, if you don't want to do that, then don't hire coaches like these. Hire guys like Pochettino and Graham Potter and Thomas Frank and these people who can build a team with young guys and build it over time. But if you're not going to hire that coach, then you have to spend the money. Like that's there's you, you can't still be doing the Jed Spence thing. If you're not going to hire the coach that's going to play him, then why did you even buy him? Yeah, no, I mean, I think that that's right though. We have, we kind of had like a foot in each, um, I guess, stylistic ring in terms of we're trying to maybe get a manager before uh, that's, you know, I, I don't know what, what the style you would say, but I guess the um, almost like a, a reputational manager, right? These managers that have been there, done that, blah, blah, blah. They come in, they get what they want. They, like we were talking about earlier, they buy older, more experienced players that are going to be more expensive. are going to make more like higher wages. Um, and we're kind of trying to thread the needle of buying players that are still for the future, more of a development type player, but also <laughs> making Conte happy. Again, I think that's why we're maybe getting players, say, from other leagues that are in, in are matching that rather than, I guess, you know, the, the championship, for instance. Like, because um, I, it's, it seems odd to me because it was an Udogi uh, versus, um, um, I'm blanking, help me with the right back that we bought last year for the championship that's not been played at all. I'm just blanking. You're talking about Jess Spence? Spence. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm just saying, what would the difference between those two players really be, except that potentially thinking that it's the second league in 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 England versus, you know, coming from the top league in Italy? Uh, I just, I, I, I'm sure scouts could tell us specific differences in them, but I wonder if he's going to give a kid like that the, the, the opportunity to play. And same with Kulisevsky. Like, it didn't seem like he has to they, – they don't have as much to prove to him to get out there in the first place necessarily because they come with the background having already been in a league that maybe he uh, has more, you know, faith in, I guess. I I don't know. But my well, point yeah, Kulisevsky came from Juventus. Right. Jed exactly. Spence is coming from not even – Even though he course. was a cast-off, whereas Jed Spence was on the team that won the championship. Um, and again, I know that they're not the same player. I, I I just wonder how much of 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 his uh, of what he is okay with as a player coming in comes with the reputation of the league they were playing in. And, I mean, yeah, but I think there's some of that day. all over England, right? Like, of course, absolutely. So we I do think that all the time with transfers, right? What Conte likes is that um, Syria is known more as like a tactical league, and. Conte thinks of himself as a tactical manager and he, his automations are very important to him. And if you cannot manage to get those under your belt, you won't see the pitch. And so I feel like some of the guys who have been at places that are very tactical tend to just fall into his system a little better, pick up the automations a little more. And I think that's what Conte tends to look for. He looks for guys who will do what he wants them to do on the pitch and guys like Kulisevsky will get into the right positions all the time. A guy like Jed Spence might want to do his own thing a little more than Conte wants him to. So part of what what I think him not getting on the pitch is Conte doesn't trust him. And part of his trusting you, yes, is probably coming from higher level competition, but also coming from a place where he feels, feels like your tactical knowledge is easier to fit into his own system. Well, let's just- go get those guys then. There are, there are yeah. guys out there that that just listen to direction and do that stuff that aren't necessarily as creatively freewheeling as as Jed Spencer or whoever might be like and and they're probably not all of the most expensive like you guys have said it right where we've been trying to keep one foot in you know in each um in each uh, either side of the line but like like let's let's try no half measures you know like let's go in like if we want to do the Conte stuff let's Let's do it. Or if we're not, if we're just going to try and get the, the the cheap established players or what, uh, the, the cheap players that have sh- that have proven something that are still young, then go get. It's too late now to get Joel's boy, but get a, another Graham Potter, get Jesse Marsh or someone else who can or Tom bring Coach back to build something up. But like with you know the, the half measure stuff is getting. I'm getting 
annoyed by it. Like I, it hasn't worked, but I did appreciate after the the Miami football Dolphins started eight and three, and they went and traded for Bradley Chubb and re-signed him to an agreement. Like let's freaking go! Like at least make a let's make an effort. Let's put 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 our figurative nuts in the table. Put our the chips in the center. Like let's let's back Conte or or and that's the start thing. rebuilding if, cheaply. If, if we just wanted to go with that kind of build from scratch buy guys for cheap option we could have continued to do that for Pochettino but we just didn't spend the money because the team was winning so then it's like okay you actually had the opportunity to play the type of football that you apparently want based on the way that we're buying players but you didn't back the manager then and then your response was to get managers that don't fit the type of transfers that you want. It's just bizarre. Um, and I think people are realizing that the team doesn't really have a clear direction. And the Enoch out, Levy out is starting to get loud. Um, apparently, they were chanting Daniel Levy, get out of our club uh, while he was sitting in the suite at the game uh, against Villa. So now it's becoming not just like something that you're seeing on social media, but um, I think journalists are starting to pick up on it. Um, and the, it is starting to get a little bit louder. I mean, I, I don't know where I am. I, I, I understand all the things that we just spent the past 30 minutes talking about. Like, I understand why people want Levy to sell the club. I just don't know how much I believe in campaigns like this really making an impact. Um, you know, people will point to the Glazers selling the club, but like, I feel like the Glazers didn't sell the club because the fans wanted them to, like, they just figured it was the right time based on the investment that they made. And I think when Levy finds that it's the right time, he's going to do the same thing. Um, but I'm, I'm not convinced that it's going to have anything to do with us. And so I, I hear it, but I also wonder how much this might just be a waste of energy. Yeah, I don't think it has much impact. Not not at this level. I think that you saw when uh, when we were trying to find a replacement for Mourinho, uh, that there that worked a little bit when there were leaked managers, managerial selections. That there was a little bit of public pressure that it's it, it sounded like at least potentially caused the club to reverse action. But I don't think that it's going to work at this level. I don't. I don't even know. I think that again, I think you could pressure them into making personnel decisions. I don't think you could pressure the owner to sell the team. I, don't, I just don't see that working. I, I don't know what the scale of that protest would have to be to actually have that work. I guess it depends on the owner too, how stubborn they are. Um, but like you said, Joel, if this is a you know this is a financial investment, like they're in this until they think that it's not worth it financially anymore, and I don't think some rude signs are gonna are gonna cause them to. Uh, to you know, shred their their plans, like their their financial plans for the club. Although I, I remember hearing rumors back when they were building the stadium that the idea was to get the stadium built, get an advertiser on a deal in the stadium, and basically set the club up so that it was worth as much as possible, and then sell it at that point. Mm -hmm. um, but to do that, obviously, it would increase the value of the club if they were more successful, right? Um, it seems like it potentially it would be good to sell the club at as close to a pinnacle as possible if you're looking for the return. So I, you would think that in, in investing in the club financially would, you know, potentially be worth more than you're investing in the, you uh, would think. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's kind of bad timing that we are forced right now to, to either, invest a whole bunch of money in January, keep Conte happy, really go down that line when January is not, not the time to do that anyway. You'd really, you'd want to do that if you're going to do a big investment in the summer where you have more options and they're not as expensive. Um, but well, That's the thing about the summer, like money was spent, but yeah, just, you know, it doesn't really feel very impactful right now. Um, well, Charleston's been out half the year. Yeah. And that was our big spend. The other one was Basuma. I mean, you know, there were like, he hasn't really come good yet. So not really. I mean, he's looked okay, but he hasn't done anything spectacular. And he's not. It was, he's not it was right before than... the World Cup, though, when that stat was popping around Spurs Twitter about his 
ball recoveries have led to more shots on target than anyone else in the league, even though he's only played a third of the minutes or whatever weird stat that I honestly don't even know if it was true. <laughs> let's see That's what happens. He, he started. He'll get some more run. We'll actually get him to get to get to see him for a little while here in the next few months, I think. Well, that's one thing, uh, Kim, Kimmy, you were talking earlier about our lack of creativity when Kulsevsky's out, which I think nobody's going to disagree with that. <clears throat> and obviously that should be our main um, our main interest, whether or not we're shopping for Conte or for a future manager, getting some more playmakers in is, is a must. But the other alternative, but I know we talked about this, is that if Kulsevsky's out is, is to revert to a, uh, you know, like a, a 3-5-2, and potentially have, or let Kane drop in deeper like he did a lot last year. Like, I mean, he, without Kulisevsky, Kane is our best playmaker. And he's been isolated when it's Son, in terrible form Son, who's never really been a link-up player anyway. And Hill, who was, I mean, he was isolated out on the right yesterday. Not <laughs> not to, to go back to this whole thing, but we, we, we definitely, we need to invest in, in playmakers. We need to invest in, in creative passers. I wonder what the, how much of this is is back to Kim's point about the the tactic itself with Conte because it, it feels like he's obviously Conte has has told Kane to stay more up top, but what's like is he too stubborn? Like I don't know. There, but when, it, when we don't have Dex, when or Rodrigo, Kane, Kane has to drop way, back to, to make the next pass. Yeah, he didn't touch the ball for the first twenty minutes of that Villa right. game or something like, like, like that. Drop him was, back. He's right. Obviously, I get the idea of wanting to have him up top. He's an elite goal scorer, but he's also an elite guy who can connect things and make passes so it's just sort of whatever like, yeah whenever Kane has played in systems where coaches force him to stay up top he's less effective and he doesn't affect the game as much well that's probably not like to if, Sonny being less effective too because Kane was the one sure. that besides all those assists sure I mean, but he was dropping on, back like, to do it we're going on know, exactly. five of Sonny not being good so that's, that's that's something we're gonna have to really really talk about at some point right I mean what do you do though do you just drop him and we can't right now because Richie's hurt anyway. But assuming everyone's healthy, back, yeah. do you just yeah. say like, "Yo, you had three months, bro, and it's time to sit down"? You at least sub him off early, right? Like that's that would be one of your first subs. I honestly don't know why he's still subs. starting. His uh, first touch is so bad. Again, there's just it's nobody the, else. There's no there's other no options. Other. But he's got Lucas he had a hat trick in, in twenty minutes, and he hasn't scored a goal outside of that in the other fourteen starts or other fourteen appearances. Yeah, I think when Richie comes back and gets his legs under him, then like, son, it's time for you to go, bro. Yeah, because he's had plenty of opportunity at this point. Like he he didn't play that well at the World Cup. And he like you said, he's only had three goals and they all came in 20 minutes. So it's like it's not a what have you done for me lately? It's like, what have you done this season, bro? Like. You got to be better than that. If you're not going to be better than that, then you can't play. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I and love ha- and I and love Sunny. You have to have. We all love Sunny, but if you're not performing and you're not performing for like at this point, we're we're gonna hit a half a season soon. We got to start looking at this differently. Is is do we have hopes for this season? Do we feel like he can still come good, or is it just kind of like, all right, bro, it's over? Yeah, I, I, always, I'm not gonna... I always have hope for Sunny. That's yeah, that's the thing about Sonny. To... I always have hope for him, but he really he gotta gotta start showing something. Like you gotta start showing something. Yeah, I think it's it's a little bit early to de- declare his whole career over at this point. He had some rough patches. Oh no, not his year. career, but his, his more career so just, at Spurs. Yeah, <laughs> just guess, I'm right. thinking about I'm thinking about the rest of this season, and I'm just like, I haven't seen. It isn't like he's still playing really well, and he's just not finishing. But like he just yeah. looks worse. <laughs> like I, I haven't seen any evidence from. But it doesn't the look first like it's pace sixteen or, anything, or seventeen right? games to really it's... make me feel like, oh yeah, it's just gonna click tomorrow. Like I feel like he's gonna have to have at least a few games where he looks like the Sonny of old, and it isn't his pace. The pace is fine, but his first touch is really off. And there was even an opportunity yesterday that to get. Kane a pass in the box and he just like overshot him by like three yards um so like yeah his his touch seems off both for himself but also when he's trying to pass the ball 
Um, and it just makes him less effective as an offensive threat because he's that doesn't seem like a skill though that goes away with age. That's what I was going to say. But with my age. thing right. is, we always Sonny has always had moments where you're yeah, exactly. just like, bro, what what are you doing? Yeah, and it yeah. just seems like those moments are all the time now. <laughs> when it seems, yeah, like it's like his rough patch has lasted for three months. Yeah, where it's usually lasts for like four or five games. Well, again, the way, the way though he usually scores is getting in behind the defense. And with Kane staying up top all the time, I don't know if he's had nearly as many runs at that. And I really think that that tactical, you know, that part of it could, you could see that playing a big uh, a role in his inability to do that. And if he doesn't have space and time, I think he tries to get too uh, technical, too ticky tacky almost, rather than again playing to his strength, which is his pace, and just running behind people and having you know one on one opportunities versus the goalkeeper. But he hasn't had those at all. Well, uh, hopefully he comes good. I thought maybe home versus Villa would be a good opportunity, but uh, it just did not happen, and <laughs> that game was bad. Um, looking ahead, we've got two games this week: uh, Wednesday away to Crystal Palace, and then Saturday morning um, home in the FA Cup versus Portsmouth. It's been a while since we've done the predictions, which obviously um, (laughs) is probably good for us because who would have predicted us losing (sighs) 2 nil at home to Villa? Um, So I don't know how much I'm really expecting from Crystal Palace away, to be honest. Uh, It sounds really pathetic to even say that, but that feels like it could go anyway. Um, I'm not seeing a lot from us right now to make me feel like um, we know how to break down a defense and score, and our defense stinks. The script writers, the Premier League script writers, will have us back. This is going to be a, I don't know if I want to jump to the predictions. 3 1 Spurs win. Uh, oh, wow. The, the script writers want, want this to be interesting. Kimmy doesn't believe it, but Spurs are going to win this one. Put the, put the house on it at plus 120. Uh, we're not going to come out and get one point from three matches before running into this gauntlet of a thing that there's the season's less interesting. Obviously I'm like mostly kidding about the premier league script writers, but I think we bounce back a little bit. And like, obviously Conte isn't this good of a manager or else he would, he would be doing this, but it feels a little bit like conspiracy theory. Jesse thinks to just like, yeah, Conte is like, look, I need freaking more guys. Look at, look, we can't, we can't even you need to get a board with some me, strings. Buy me some players. <laughs> but like, knows I need to keep, stay close to top four to get this. So, yeah, hammer. Well, hammer is that why he uh, subbed in? Hammer the pallet or hammer the that, Spurs will hammer pals. Well, that's why he subbed in all the, the, uh, the youth players during that, that Villa match, right? Look, this is all I've got. Benson. Yeah. What else? What else do you want me to do? I can't make subs. And see Larry Jose, that that like a uh, direct swipe at the, uh, you know, at the chairman. I guess of what else am I going to do? I mean, these there's also these things where like Conte has accomplished enough in his career. If he retired tomorrow, he'd still be a, a top manager. Same with Jose. Like these guys are playing 7D chess and stuff. And also just like I don't care. Like I've already won enough trophies. Go ahead, fire me. Like what are you going to like? They do this stuff, and whether it works or not, they they're they're doing different stuff than than um, that's that often is very frustrating. But they can do stuff like just like this that that, that this wild you know wild thing scenarios we're coming up with because they've already accomplished enough in their career to do it. I'm gonna go with a one-one draw. I feel like we're going to leak a goal because we always do, and you know I feel like we'll find one. But I, I think it'll be another um, unconvincing effort and people will be panicking, thinking about what's going to happen next. We're going to lose the Derby. Um, and then I think we win against Portsmouth to make things interesting going into the NLD. So I'm going to go 1-1, draw away at Palace, and then beat Portsmouth in the FA Cup 2-1. Well, I'm going to go 2-1 Spurs. I am going to try and be hopeful <laughs> that we are able to pull off this win as it will be my first time back in the bar since uh, in the pub on a weekday 
will be my one one and only ones probably be able to do because I'm going back into the office Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So I'll be missing all the midweek stuff. So I'm just hoping we win because I will be spending money that day. <laughs> yeah, it's I'd like to know if we have Kuliseski plan or not for this prediction. But um <clears throat> yeah, I'm gonna go two two just because I our defense has been so shaky. I don't trust our goalkeeper right now. Um, I mean, that I'm goal hope- that he gave up against Philly was I know. <laughs> something, something awful. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I just, it's, it's hard to have, be very optimistic about him right now. The whole team, really, uh, especially if Kulisevsky's not playing. So yeah, I'll do two, two. Uh, Portsmouth, I'm going to go one zero in a very uninspiring. We're in the 75th minute. We're like, what are we doing? And then, Someone's gonna come. Someone unexpected is gonna gonna score one from uh, outside the box, and we're like, God, why do we look this? Davinson Sanchez, yeah, a a Davo banger from (laughs) thirty two (laughs) yards. That's I could see that happening actually. Uh, Kim, predictions for Portsmouth. I'm gonna go two nil. I think we probably clean sheets. I think we probably get some set pieces, probably, um, which is like. I feel like it's been a little while since we scored. A Does it go to penalties on the on this on round? That. I think right. There's no replay. I hope there's no replay. They might have brought replays back, but I'm not sure. Replays were so dumb. Replays like... are are dumb. <laughs> My uh, prediction is we're we're gonna go to penalties. There's no way that's not happening unless there's oh, replays. Man, no, no, we're gonna have of... a replay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just... we did lose to penalties. Uh, what was it uh, against? Uh, what, what team is that? Colchester or something like that? <laughs> Colchester FC. Uh, Colchester. That was that was prime Jose time, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So oh, it wow. says the FA scrapped the replays in the third and fourth round, but they are bringing replays back for the 22-23 season. Oh, that's this year. Oh, so they are back. Damn. All right, well. Um, I think it's going to be a 1-1 draw to replay. Oh, my God. Where are we going to put this game? (laughs) (laughs) Where will we put this game? That would be so Spurs. (laughs) That would be so Spurs, honestly. That is the best prediction. Hey, I just called two wins. I'm just hoping. This is all all hope. This is all hope. I I mean, above all, I really just want to say that watching that game – at nine o'clock in the morning yesterday was so annoying and frustrating. And I feel like it's one of the few times that I can remember in the past few years that I went to the pub and just regretted it and didn't really feel like I was having any fun. Um, We've had worse performances that I still felt a little bit optimistic afterwards, but like it was just so boring and there was like no ex- like you could have heard a pin drop everybody was just so over it and it's New Year's Day you got up uh, early one test like, for that is is how often you keep looking at your cell phone right how how much how engaged can you stay with the the match it's like that yeah the match after reminded me of a Jose game where I just find myself the entire game scrolling through my cell phone and barely paying attention to the game because it's just so boring so that's I mean, that's what I want more than anything else. Like, I want to have fun watching this team. Like, I'm not looking forward to the next match because I feel like I'm not going to be entertained. And that's supposed to be the whole point of watching sports. So that's the biggest thing. Like, regardless of yeah, whether my 100%. predictions are right, I want to be entertained again, please. So we go again. Um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Please. Come on, on, please, Spurs. Spurs.